Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. We're, we're in this series called Good Question, and what we've been doing is we've been uh, tackling the questions that you submitted to us all through uh, the month of February. You submitted questions to us, and overwhelmingly, we had, uh, we had so many questions come in, and uh, through those questions, we kind of saw some threads uh, that appeared in those questions. One of them was uh, the topic of depression, which we talked about last week, and uh, today we're talking about how do you hear God's voice, and it's a very good question, but before we get into today, I've got to tell you about what's happening next week. Uh, next week, I'm going to go ahead and give you the topic so that you can be excited to be here. The topic next week is why do bad things happen to good people? Another overwhelming thread that we had was that question, essentially, why do bad things happen to good people? And can I tell you, next week is going to be a powerful week. I'm not going to be preaching next week. My friend Mackenzie uh, is going to be preaching. He, I'm so excited for him to preach, and uh, he has a really personal touch to this side of that question. And so uh, he's really just going to share a lot of his story and what he's learned and, uh, and give you God's word on it too. So I'm excited for that. That's next week. And then just to give you an idea of where we're going, uh, we're only doing four weeks of this series. So uh, the week after next week, we are tackling a topic that was also uh, really embedded in that forum. It's the topic of forgiveness. How do I forgive someone who just really wronged me? And what do I do when they don't want to forgive me? Uh, there's so many questions that came in about that topic. And so that's where we're going over the next couple of weeks. But today, um, I, think, I think this message is probably going to be the staple message of the series. I love this topic on how to hear God's voice. It's going to be a great topic, but before we get into that, let me just tell you why we did this series. A little bit of inspiration on why, why, why we're doing a series like this. Why, 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 why would I let the people choose what, I, what I, I talk about? Like, that's kind of a crazy idea, some pastors would say. But I, I really do believe that as you read through the Bible, specifically when you read through the Gospels all about Jesus, many times Jesus gave biblical responses to questions that people asked him. And so Jesus wasn't just here to be a great teacher, but every time that somebody had a question, he did a really good job at responding to it. In fact, I would say it this way, like, believe it or not, Jesus was actually relevant. <laughs> like, Jesus was relevant to his time and age. And so as a church, I don't think that we shouldn't be relevant. I think that we should talk about things that are happening, that our people are going through. And really, I think that's the best way for our church to be like Jesus. And so uh, we want to talk about these relevant topics, and uh, we, we want to bring these to you in a way, not just my thoughts on it. I have thoughts about it. I share a lot of my thoughts about these topics, but I just want to bring you God's word about it. Because God's word, I, I can't heal you. There's no person in this room that can heal you. God's word can heal you. God's word can bring healing to your life. And uh, the, Bible is, the, the, uh, the Bible says that it is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. That it can penetrate your heart. And so that's why we're doing this. We're looking in scripture to see how God does these things. And really, uh, we started with depression last week. But this week, uh, 
we're, we're really tackling the number one topic that came in. Can I tell you the number one topic that came in is this, really this question, is that how do I hear God's voice? Turn to your neighbor and ask him, how, how do you hear God's voice? How do you hear God's voice? I love this question. I really do. And the reason why I love this question is because this question right here assumes already that God is speaking. Like many of you, maybe without even realizing it, you wrote a question like this. And when you write a question like this, you're already assuming that God is speaking. Because here's what I know. I know that some Christians, they believe, some Christians believe that God is done speaking. Like after the last disciple died, God's just been done speaking. But that's not what we believe. We don't, we, we don't believe that. We believe our God is a communicating type God. Do you believe that? I hope you do. Our God is a communicating type God. And Jesus says that he would send his Holy Spirit so that we would be able to hear his voice. And so we've got the power as a Christian. You have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you so that you can hear God's voice. And, and sometimes maybe it comes to us as an impression. Other times maybe, maybe it comes to you in, in, like in, in, in pillars of fire or something. I don't know. Like, like maybe it's just so blatantly obvious. I wish I was like that, everybody. I can openly admit as your pastor, it doesn't just come, like I don't just get words <laughs> in front of me or, or like it's not just this loud voice. It's like, okay, God, I know what you're doing. And, 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 uh, unfortunately, it's not that way with me, but some people it, 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 it is. And uh, maybe maybe for some of you, maybe it's just that still, small voice that you have, and you know God is speaking to you. And we get all these impressions, and of course, we, we check those impressions with, uh, I, I, every time that I, I, I hear from God, I always want to check it with a couple different things. I want to check it with his word, first of all, if, if what I hear doesn't match with this word, it probably wasn't from God, everybody. Like, God did not go and tell me to, to buy a brand new car, you know? <laughs> I wish he did, but I would, I, <laughs> I would love that. But, but it, doesn't, it, it doesn't match up in Scripture. And so we all check those things. We check them with God's word. And I'll often even just check with uh, some spiritual people that are over me just to run it, run it by them and say, does this make sense? Does this look like it's the right thing to do? But... We have to start this message and you understand that our God is a speaking God. Come on, somebody. Our God is a speaking God. You have to understand that. In fact, I, I, I love what Dallas Willard wrote. I saw this quote this, uh, this week. He writes a book called Hearing God, and here's what he says. He says, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is tell them that they could have a personal relationship with him. And so if you think that you can have a personal relationship with God, which is what we preach every single week, you've got to understand that God speaks. And it's so true. Can I tell you that God wants this intimate, personal relationship with you? And all throughout the Bible, the Bible says keep step with, the, with what the Spirit is saying. In, in fact, the last part of the Bible even says, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear what God is saying. From the last part to the first part, let's start in Genesis. The third verse of Genesis says, and God said. God is speaking. He is a speaking God. In fact, Jesus says it this way. Jesus says that the relationship that we would have with him would be really similar to this shepherd and, and sheep type situation. 
Uh, Mom just read this scripture right before uh, we, right before we uh, uh, started our message. And here's, here's where it comes from, John 10, 3 through 5. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep do what? The sheep listen to his voice, right? The sheep are listening to him. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Can I tell you, I'd love for you to have a relationship with God like this. I'd love for you to have a relationship where you can just listen to his voice. And the, it, the verse goes on to say, when, when, he has brought out, uh, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Because what? Because they know his voice. Can I tell you, like, if the phone rings... I, which it does a lot. If I, 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 it does more than I like it to. But when, when the phone rings, have you, ever, have you ever got a phone call and it said unknown? Or, does, or, or say like blocked caller ID. Have you ever got a call like that? Anybody in here? Yeah, what, what happens when you pick up the phone and you answer the phone? You're kind of hesitant, right? You're like, oh, hello? And if it's somebody that you've known, get this, if it's somebody that you know almost immediately, you, 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 you know who it is. You're like, oh, okay. But if it's somebody that you've never talked to before, you get kind of hesitant. In fact, I'll just tell you a funny story. I, I, I just uh, about a week ago, was it, I got a prank call at 1 o'clock in the morning. So if you're in here, I'm telling you, do not be prank calling me. I want to see you after service. <laughs> I was not happy. I got a prank call at 1 in the morning, and they did one of those block caller IDs, and it woke me up. And I'm like, if somebody calls at 1 o'clock in the morning, it must be like a, a dire emergency. Like, I need to, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, you, know how, you know how you get the phone call, and then you like wake up and you warm up your voice? Like, you, you've been awake? Like, it wouldn't make any sense that I was awake, at, but I'm, <coughs> hello. <laughs> and, and, and anyway, it was, uh, they wanted to, it was bad things and lots of bad things. So uh, we, <laughs> we, won't, we won't speak of that. But if you're in here today, you need to come up and repent right here at the altar. <laughs> I'm I just, I just kidding. But what happened was, is when I answered the phone, I had no idea what, who, who they were. I had, I had no clue who the people were. But when you answer, if you've talked to somebody a whole lot, you know almost immediately when you pick up the phone, that, that you know who they are. And can I tell you that there lies one of the real hints on hearing God, is that you've got to be communicating with him regularly. To understand his voice, you, you need to be communicating with him regularly. In fact, this verse goes on to say, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so, so what you need to do is you need to get good at hearing from God. You need, to, you, need to begin to, you need to begin to talk to him regularly. And I believe with all my heart that God speaks. I really do. And some of the most defining moments in my life has been when God has spoke directly to me. In fact, I like to think that I hear from God all the time, like you guys. Like I, I, I would love to think that I, I hear from God all the time. And there's some occasions that are, are really soft, and, and it's, hard, it's hard to tell, but there's other occasions that I felt like that have been so loud, it's almost been audible. Like, like, like there's been some impressions in me that it's been like, like starting this church. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. 
And it was like every sign, everything around me was just pointing me in the same direction. It was almost like God was just directly speaking to me. In fact, I, I, I just remember just driving around and just thinking, uh, and, just, and, and just hearing this, that you're going to pastor some of these people one day. And, and it, it's, some of this stuff is just so clear. It's just like an audible voice. And, and other times, it, 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 it's, it's a bit harder. But uh, it, I just remember there's so many different ways that God can speak to you. And I know, I, I, I like to think that I know all of you fairly well. And uh, I'd like to think that I know that the reason that you ask this question is because you know that he speaks. You just want to hear him more clearly. You just, you just desire to hear him more clearly. And so what I'm going to do today is I want to tell you why you don't hear him clearly, and then I'm going to give you some ways how you can hear him clearly. So let me start with some ways that why you don't hear him clearly. Here's some reasons why you don't hear them clearly. In fact, I would call this section Weapons of Mass Distraction, everybody. I li- I'm liking these titles. So Weapons of Mass Distraction. Really, the truth is, is that God is speaking but you also have a lot of other things going on as well. And so that's one of the things. Why, why can't you hear God? Why do you have a hard time hearing God? It's just because you're so darn busy. You're constantly doing stuff. And can I tell you that it's difficult to hear from anyone if you're too busy for that relationship? You've all been there before. Maybe you had some friends in high school that, that you were really good buddies, but you got busy and you didn't see each other every day anymore, and you just lost connection with them. It's just what happens. Can I tell you, that's what happens with, with God, too, is that so many times we get so busy, and we just lose connection with them. And can I tell you that this is chronic in our society? Like, this busyness, like, I feel like there's some people out there that they're just proud to be busy. Like, they just enjoy being busy. That's, that's not what we were designed to do. So many of us, we have too much in our life. Can, I, I love this story. Jesus goes to the house of Martha and Mary, and it's, it's recorded in Luke 10. And here's what happens. It says, and, and she had a sister named Mary. Martha had this sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. I want you to notice in this story, we're about to read the next verse. I want you to notice that even though there were things to do, even though there were things for Mary to do, she stopped and listened. Because here, here's what happens. Here's the rest of the verse. And I love, this is in the Amplified Version, by the way. I love how the Amplified Version adds, adds, adds this in here. It says, but Martha, overly occupied and too busy. Some of you, that's, that describes you. Overly occupied and too busy. Martha, she's distracted with much serving. Yeah, it's great to serve the Lord, but she couldn't just take five seconds. She couldn't just take that couple minutes out to just sit at his feet and talk with him and listen to his teaching. And some of us, me included everybody, some of us, we want to hear from God, but there's just too much stuff we're doing. There's just too much stuff that's going on. And the busyness of life has took that relationship with God away from us. And the truth is, can I tell you that you will never hear God's voice clearly until you just slow down a little bit. You've got to slow down a little bit. You've got to make some time for God. 
Can I tell you, and this might sound a bit ridiculous to you, but I have to do this. I just have to do this because I just like to see things. I put God on my calendar like an appointment, everybody. Like, I've got to do it. Like, can I tell you, if you want to do a breakfast with me, first of all, I don't wake up all that early anyway. Uh, (laughs) Second of all, I've got God on my calendar as an appointment for that morning. I have to do it because if not, it's gone. The time is wasted. I'll fill it with scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or something dumb. I I have to do it like that. Do whatever you have to do. But I've I've just decided that in the morning, that's going to be my time. I'm going to have to have my time with God. And can I tell you that if you don't make time for him, there's just not going to be time. There just won't be. It's, uh, that's, that's a principle with anything. In fact, we read this verse last week from Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. And I love this verse because it's as if it was saying that you'll never hear God. You'll never know that he is God until you're still. You'll never, you'll, you'll, you'll never know him until you're still long enough to know that he is God. In fact, I would put it this way, just a little extra thing for you to write down, that the quieter you become, the more you can hear. The quieter you are, the more you'll be able to hear. In fact, let me just offer this suggestion, and I talked about this last week, so I'm not going to take a lot of time on it this week, but make the day that you worship, which for you guys is on Sunday, make that day, give it as much of Sunday as you can to God. Yeah, make it a true Sabbath. I'm, don't fill up your Sunday with things to do and turn it into a day that you can just dedicate to God. Give him, give him another hour if you can. Just go on a walk. Talk to him. Like, go walk outside, everybody. It's a beautiful day. Walk and talk with him, man. I, j- just give some of that time to God. And I promise, if you make that time with him and you quiet your soul, here's what will happen. You'll hear him more clearly you'll begin to hear him so much more clearly. So that's our first weapon of mass distraction is the busyness. Here's the second one, is that so many of us, we have all these competing voices in our life. Can I tell you that God could be yelling at you, but if there's 100,000 other things yelling at you as well, you're not gonna hear him, everybody. That's just, it's just the truth. He might be screaming as loud as he can, but everybody else is too, and you can't hear him. Let me tell you, see, uh, Murphy is just doing great this year, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Can you, uh, can you imagine trying to talk to somebody? Just imagine being in a gymnasium like that, a crowd full of people who are just really excited about what's going on. Imagine trying to talk to the person across the, across the gym. You can't do it, can you? When all those people are in there, you, you, you can't hardly hear the person next to you. Like, you, you just can't. But imagine if the gym was empty. I bet you could hear that person across the gym. That's what we need to learn. We, we've got all these competing voices in our life, and if we would just take some of those voices out, watch what would happen. Watch God speak to you more clearly when you get rid of some of the junk in your life. And not only that, but, uh, but Jesus, this, this often happened. Can I tell you that, that Jesus often tried to reach out for more people, but, G- but people, can you believe, can you get this. People tried to give Jesus excuses on why they, why they couldn't talk to him. Can you imagine? 
I, I, I can't even imagine. Here, here, here's what it says in Luke 14. They're giving Jesus all these excuses, but they alike began to make excuses. And, and the first told Jesus, they said, why? Well, hey, I just bought a field. I, I, I'm busy. I got to go see it. Uh, so, so please excuse me. I got I to go see that, that hot field, everybody. Uh, and, and Luke, for, it, it goes on to say, another said, I, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I, I'm, I'm way too busy. I, I, I'm on my way to them. So just please excuse me, Jesus. But still another said, well, I just got married. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry, Jesus, I'm way too busy. I just got married. Uh, so I, they're, they're, they're too busy. These people gave Jesus excuses. And for so many of you, maybe you haven't bought a field or a yoke of oxen in a while. Maybe you've, but, but maybe you've been giving God excuses on why you can't get up early to talk with him. Why you can't spend some time with him in the afternoon. Why you, can't just set, why, why, why you can't just get away from your kids at night a little bit just to talk with him. And you're giving him excuses that, that you're too busy and that I've got too much to do. Can I tell you, he doesn't like that. <laughs> Jesus doesn't like that. If you, if, you, if you want to hear him, get rid of those excuses. You've got to get rid of them. Because you're not ever going to be able to hear him clearly if you don't communicate with him already. Can I tell you, there's always an excuse because we've got so much going on in our life. And here's the real challenge, that what would it be like if you would just eliminate some of the competition to God? What would your life be like? Maybe not eliminate them, like, don't go and take them out. Like, don't, don't go and just get rid of all your friends. But what if you just limited that time? What if you restricted them? you would have so much more time. And can I tell you, not, not only is it with friends or things that you do, but it's all things digital, everybody. When we're not with somebody, we are with somebody on our phone. We're constantly, uh, it's these digital things. In fact, I heard, I heard an old pastor this week while I was preparing for this. He was talking and he said, we're, we're spending way too much time on Facebook when we should be spending time seeking his face. And and the church and the church went nuts, you know. Uh, you guys are a little, you know, you're getting there. But uh <laughs> but it's true. That 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 that's what happens. It's way too much. It's the first thing we wake up in the morning. I I tell you you go to you go to any uh, you go to dinner at any restaurant and half the time you see the entire family scrolling on their phones. Like sometimes I wonder if they're texting each other, you know? Like uh, <laughs> it, 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 you can I don't know. Can I tell you that I, I read this statistic this week? Kids between eight and eighteen spend seven and a half hours on social media, or, or not on social media, but just on media a day. Seven and a half hours of their life, and that was an older statistic that I found. I think that was from 2018. So I I, I can't imagine what it is today. But but with those statistics like that, can I tell you, God can barely have a chance when you just give him some like an hour and a half on Sunday. He barely has a chance, and I'm not knocking social media. I know I've talked about social media a lot in the past couple of weeks. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm, I, I'm sorry, but, but just have a rule that maybe, maybe just have an hour where you don't turn anything electronic on and you just seek God. In fact, I would just challenge you. This, the same old pastor said this. He said, uh, say, he said, don't say good morning America until you say good morning God. You got it, somebody? You need to write that down. Put it on your refrigerator. That's right. I, I, can't, I haven't watched Good Morning America since, ooh, I was in middle school. 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, here's what, uh, sorry, we'll stop talking about that same guy. We'll go to Hebrews, he'll tell us. Uh, he, Hebrews uh, says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially that sin that distracts us. And it says, we must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. And we must do what? We must focus, right? We got to focus on Jesus. We got to focus on him in order to hear from him. Can I tell you that he's not just going to come in all your competition and try to out yell everybody else around you. That's not who God is. He, he's a supreme being, everybody. He don't have to yell around your competition. He doesn't have to do that. In fact, I would say it like this. To hear God's voice, you have to turn down the world's volume. And you got to figure out for yourself how and where you can turn down the world's volume. And then we'll go to part three of our third weapon of mass distraction is this. And is, it's an unprepared heart. I tell you that Jesus often talks about the fact that he is speaking. In fact, Jesus says that he's speaking a lot more than you think he is. It's just not landing because you haven't prepared yourself. Hmm. Think about that for a minute. Think about Jesus is trying to speak to you. God is trying to reach out and he's trying to speak to you, but you haven't prepared your heart for it. And this is something that is totally on us. It's a really important concept because it puts you in total control to get your heart ready. And so the question is, is that, am I really ready? Like, like when you come to church, are you really ready for church? Let me ask you this. Have you ever prepared your heart to come to church? Let me challenge you with this. What if you spent five minutes just in the car? Y'all got to drive here. Spend five minutes in the car just in prayer on your way. For some of you, you got kids and you're going nuts, so I pray before, you know. But uh, prepare your heart. What if you would prepare your heart for this service so that when you walked in to this service, you were ready to worship. <laughs> you were ready to lift those hands. You were ready to receive from God. What would happen if you would prepare your heart like that? Can I tell you, that's why... Uh, I, we're, we're doing these scripture readings before, uh, before I come up to speak because I just think scripture is a great way to prepare your heart for the message. It's just, it, 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 it's so much better than any video that I could play. And I'm not saying that we'll never play a video again, so don't, don't give me that. But, uh, but I'm just telling you, I think it's just a great way to prepare your heart. And if you've been in church, you probably know uh, this parable of the sower and the seed. And this parable that Jesus talks about, Jesus says that he's throwing the seed out there and it's just hitting rocky ground. And that's where we pick it up in Matthew 13. He says, when anyone hears the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. God, I tell you that I could have a bunch of seed in here right now and I could dump a bunch of seed all around this stage. And can I tell you, you could come back 10 years later and there still won't be anything. <laughs> the seed will still be laying on this stage. There won't be any plants. Why? Because the condition of the stage is keeping it, is keeping that seed from growing. And for so many of you, God is speaking. He's throwing things out there. He's, he's trying to talk to you, but your heart isn't ready. You haven't prepared the soil of your heart to receive it. And some of you, that's what you need to do. You need to start preparing your heart 
to receive some of that seed. Because here's what happens when it doesn't take. <laughs> the evil one. Everybody, anybody ever had experience with the evil one before? I know I have. He comes along and he plucks it right out of that person's heart. And so if your heart is not ready to receive it, it's gone. The evil one will come and, and take over in your life. In fact, I would say this way, that God comes to a prepared environment. He comes to a prepared environment. In fact, I took that from Robert Morris's book called Frequency. If you're looking to uh, if you're looking to really own in on this topic, I would highly recommend that book from Robert Morris. You, you, ought to, you ought to read that. But can I tell you that God is going to show up and he will speak even more loudly. At least it'll seem like he's speaking so much more loudly. The more that you prepare the environment for him to speak. In fact, here's what 2 Corinthians says. Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles our distracts us. Let's get rid of everything that, that distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit in holy temples for the worship of God. Here's what it's saying. You need to figure out a way to get your life right so that all the things, all these things, they'll start working out in your life. In fact, uh, really quick, I want to do something kind of fun. Are you up for fun? I know, y'all look like a fun crew. I know, I see you. Uh, we're we're going to do something fun. We're going to do a little illustration. So you got to bear with me, all right? I want every single one of you, would you stand up all over this room? Just go ahead and stand up. You won't be up for long. You won't be up for long. But just, yeah, a little stretch in the middle of the message here. That's good for you. So stand up, and here's what's going to happen. In just a moment, we're going to release a sound in here. And some of you are going to be able to hear it. And some of you are not going to be able to hear it. Here's what I want you to do. If you can hear that sound, be seated. And don't lie about it either, all right? Once you see one person sit down, don't just sit down next to them. Don't lie. I'm watching you, all right? If you hear the sound, be seated. Are you ready? If not, stay standing. If you don't hear it, stay standing. Ready? Release the sound. Now, doesn't that creep you out? <laughs> you guys standing up, you're like, what is happening to me? Y'all can sit down. Y'all can sit down. But, <laughs> listen, I didn't secretly go to people before service and say, hey, can you participate? That's not what I did. Here's the reason why. You want to know the reason why you didn't hear the sound? Y'all want to know the reason? It's because... <laughs> They said it, not me. Here, here, here's, here's the thing. Here's, here's the lesson. Here's what they just, they just heard, 17.4 kilohertz, which is a really high audio frequency. It's actually the, like the frequency of a mosquito, it's often referred to. And the reason why they heard it, and some of you did not, is because you're old. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't, can't make it any nicer than that. But uh, seasoned. You're more seasoned. I like that. Just a little extra salty. Uh, <laughs> well, Noah, what happened? What, what, what happened here? Why are we doing this? Can I tell you that every one of you, I promise, at one time in your life, you had the ability 
to hear that sound. But here's what happened. The older that you got, your ears got more dull. In fact, let me say it in a spiritual sense. Are you ready? Here's the spiritual side of it. The older that you get, the more that you experience your life, the more that you add things to your life, the less you're able to hear. Ooh, you get it now? The less you're able to hear. And the reason why young people can hear it is because their bodies, they're, they're, they're still young. And, it, and this works so well. Uh, in fact, this whole sound thing works so well that uh, I read an article <laughs> about it just looking for it, uh, that there was this high-end, uh, this posh shopping district in England, this really high-end little shopping district, and they had trouble with these teenagers hanging out, everybody. They had, they had all these teenagers, you know, with their skateboards and, all, you know, whatever. They're all hanging out in front of the shops, and they're kind of scaring the older people away, you know. So, so here's what happened. They hired this Scottish security firm, this guy named Howard Stapleton. He invented something called the Mosquito Teen Repellent. I'm not making this up. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I know you're looking at me weird, but I'm not making this up. And here's what they did. They put speakers outside of these stores, and older people, they couldn't hear that annoying buzz, and they just shopped away. But young people, they took off because they just couldn't stand that sound in their ears anymore. And, uh, it, and some of the, here's the kicker. It's now, like, totally outlawed in, in London or whatnot, so, like, they can't do it anymore. But the kicker is, is that some of these young people, uh, they, they, they took it to their advantage, and they ended up, they made it their ringtones so that when their phones ring, only they can hear it. And so they took their phones to school, and when their phones ring, they can hear it. Teacher, some, of you, some of you young people, you're like, oh, this is what that note-taking sheet's for. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, don't, 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 don't do that. But, but, but really, I... Uh, What's interesting from the spiritual standpoint is, is that, that that sound that we just heard, it was there. Whether you could hear it or not, that sound was there. And a bunch of us, we couldn't hear it. And here's what happens. In, in a spiritual sense, the older that you get, and the more stuff that you have in your life, the, the more things that you get in your life, we've actually learned to tune God out. And we began, we can't, we can't hear him anymore. And, and it's a struggle to hear from him. And what's interesting is, is that Jesus says, unless you become like a little child, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And here, here's, he didn't mean that you're, if you're not a child, you're not going to heaven. That's not what he means. He just meant that you can't have all the things of God on earth. And some of us, we, 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 we've tuned God out. And the beautiful part about this entire illustration is that no matter how old you are, the Bible says that you can still become like a child. And you can have that childlike faith. And all you have to do is just come back and say, God, I want to hear you again. I, I'm desperate to hear you again. In fact, as we wrap this up today, I just want to share a story in the Old Testament that many of you will know where there's this little boy that can hear God's voice. And, the same, and this older man in this story once heard God, but he could not. It's found in 1 Samuel. We'll read this together. It says, The boy Samuel uh, ministered uh, before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not many visions, to which I would challenge this to say that not really was it rare, but 
it wasn't that God wasn't speaking. It was just people couldn't hear him. People had tuned out the word of the Lord. And here's what happens. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, he was lying down in his usual place. And here's what I want you to notice. I want you to notice where he was lying. Look at this. Eli was lying there by the lamp of God that had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel. And here's what he says. Samuel answered. He said, here am I, or here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, "Uh, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, hey, I I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went to lay down. Then it happens again. The Lord called and said, Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. Guess what happens again? Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him yet. And so he was hearing God, but here's what happens. He didn't know what to do with it yet because he didn't know the word of the Lord. goes on to say again a third time, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And then Eli had this like light bulb moment, like, oh man, the Lord was actually calling you. And here's, here's what Eli says. Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Some of you need to write this down. If you haven't, if you're not bringing your Bible to church, you need to start bringing your Bible to church and highlighting in it. God will forgive you for highlighting in his word, everybody. Uh, you, you need to highlight this. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and he lied down in his place. And can I tell you, if you leave with nothing else, I'd love for you just to leave with that. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And if you prepare that environment and tell you, I believe God will speak. And here's what it says. And then the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And here's what the Lord said to Samuel. See, I am about to do something in Israel that, that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. I love, I love that version. It's going to make your ears tingle, everybody. In other words, he's saying that I'm about to show you what it looks like to hear my voice. I'm about to show you what it's like to have that relationship. And there's three things that I think that we can learn in this text. There's three things that give us an idea on how to create the environment, on where you can return, no matter how old you are, and create that environment where you can hear God's voice again. You want it, everybody? I want it. That's what I want to hear God's voice again. And that's that's what you asked for, so I'm going to give it to you straight from his word. Here's, here's what I can learn from this story, is that God is speaking, and he will speak as we read his word. As you begin to read his word. Can I tell you, and you have to go get in his book in order to hear his voice. In fact, remember when I said, remember this, that Samuel was laying by the lamp? Here's what, here, here, here's what the lamp represents. The lamp, the Bible says, Your word is a lamp 
to my feet. Oh, some of you didn't really start to make the connection. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Can I tell you that the Bible is not just here to give you a historical record. It's not just here to give you spiritual thoughts and, and principles. The Bible will illuminate your life. It'll give you a path. God will speak to you through his word. In fact, I would say for the younger ones in here, it, it, the Bible will make it 3D, everybody. Like, it'll make it 4D. I don't know what, it, like, it, 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 it'll just jump out at you, and, and, and it'll speak to you. Well, Noah, how does it do that? How, 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 how do I do that? Well, here's the first step. You've got to read it. <laughs> so many of you, you come to me, and you talk about, I really want to know God. I really want to know God. I wish I could know God. I, I wish he'd speak to me. And, and, I'm, and then my first question would be, do you read his word? I read it sometimes. Uh, yeah, everyone. <laughs> How often is sometimes? Like, you have to read it. Can I tell you, if you're in, well, I'm, I'm just not getting anything out of that Bible. I'm just not getting anything out of it. Well, you've got to keep reading it. Can I tell you, it will come alive. I promise you, the book is alive. In fact, I would challenge you, don't go a single day without reading at least a verse, everybody. Read a chapter if you can. Read something. Well, where do I start, Noah? Where do I start reading my Bible? Well, can I tell you, a great place to start is in the Gospel of John. Me and Elizabeth talk about this all the time. If you need a place to start, start in the Gospel of John. Learn about Jesus. It's just, it's just such a great book. If you, if you don't want to do that, find a Bible reading plan. You, got the, you probably already got the Bible app on your phone. Pick a reading plan. And, 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 and don't do this. Like, like, don't get discouraged if you get behind. Some of you are like, I picked a Bible reading plan. I'm still in January. <laughs> it's like, don't, don't do that to yourself. Like, like, pick a plan, and if you're behind, don't worry about having to read all through, February, or all through January and February. Just catch up to where you are in March, everybody. Like, like, like just, just read it. That's, uh, that's, that's what you need to do. In fact, I would say it this way, that God's primary way of speaking to you is through his word. When I heard this for the first time, it changed my life. Because I was looking for a pillar of thunder. I was looking for that voice in my head. I was, I was, I was looking for these signs. And when somebody told me this one time, I, I'll never forget it. This is my favorite phrase ever. God's primary way of speaking to you is through his word. And I'd like to, uh, you, you need to start your day with, 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 with the verse. I, in fact, I like to start my day with, uh, I like to start my day with the Bible because Psalm 119 says, I rise before dawn and I cry out to you for help. And I've put my hope in your word. Like if you need an excuse to get up earlier in the morning, take this Psalm 119. You should get up and read his word. I promise if you want to hear God's voice, you've got to get in his word. You've got it? Get in his word. Here is number two. God speaks as we cultivate his presence. And I know this is a really churchy word for you. <laughs> Cultivate presence of God. You know, it, it, it's, I, I know. We'll, we're going to break it down. Have you ever seen movies? That are, are, well, we, see that, uh, we see that Samuel, he was laying by the ark. He was by the lamp and he was by the ark. And have you ever seen a movie about the Ark of the Covenant? You ever seen like Indiana Jones or whatnot that has the Ark of the Covenant? It's this box that had the Ten Commandments in it. And there's these two angels that sit on top and they... And they look towards each other. Their, their wings are like faced towards each other. And in uh, and, and, and this box, on top of that box is, was what was called the mercy seat. 
And that's where the presence of God would dwell. The presence of God would dwell on that mercy seat. And, and can I tell you that that was in the Old Testament. But let me tell you what happens in the New Testament. In the New Testament, that place where the presence of God dwells is in worship. Ooh, it's in worship, everybody. Well, what do you mean? Let me tell you, God is very attracted to your worship. He loves it. He likes it a whole lot. In fact, let me say it this way, that if you're trying to find God, just worship. Begin to worship, and he will find you. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Chronicles that the eyes of the Lord are searching for hearts that are devoted to him. John 4 says the Father is seeking worshipers. He's looking for people to worship him. And can I just challenge this, that nothing cultivates the presence of God more than passionate worship. Not just mediocre, hands-in-pocket worship. Passionate worship. And we try so hard every weekend to create an environment here where you can worship freely, where you can worship passionately. And can I tell you that I, <laughs> I'll cheer for my sports team. I know I say this a lot, but I, I'm going to praise my God, everybody. Like, can I tell you, I cheered hard for SIU. I got the free trial of YouTube TV to watch them up at Arch Madness. And they lost, everybody. They lost the first round. I was up screaming at that TV, yelling at the TV. And guess what? They're not even, didn't even have a chance, man. And, and, I, and I think about that, and I think of all the energy and time that I put into that just so that I can see my team, right? Just so that I can cheer for them. Think about if I gave that energy to God. What if I gave the same amount of energy. Can I tell you the last time that I checked, that sports team didn't save me from nothing, everybody. <laughs> it just made me mad. Uh, so anyway, we'll go on to Genesis. Genesis 3, verse 8. By the way, SIU did have a good team this year, and you know, I, just, I like it. So anyway, uh, Genesis 3, 8. They, they heard the sound of the Lord, God walking in the garden. This is Adam and Eve. They heard the sound of the Lord, God walking in the garden, in the cool of day. Can I tell you that even Adam and Eve, they got away from the distraction just to take a walk with God. And all you Baptist people in here, you know, you know the song, uh, I come to the garden alone. Is anybody, eh, I come to the, I, I don't know how it goes. I come to the garden alone. I, I had it on the pre-service playlist. While the dew is still on the roses. Think about this, beautifully written. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me that I am his own. And the joy I share as I tarry there, none other has ever known. Can I tell you that you can't find it in any other place? But I'm going to find a place where I can meet with my God and walk and talk. That's Adam and Eve. That's what they're doing, but sad part is, is that in the, at the end of this story, <laughs> it doesn't end so well. Adam and Eve, they're, the man and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. It didn't end so well for them, but it can end well for you. Walk with him and, and talk with him. And can I tell you that if you want to hear him, go to the garden and worship everybody. Go and worship. Maybe your garden in the garden. Maybe it's a closet, everybody. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's your car. Go to your car and just worship him. And just tell him. Tell him about your day. What do I say? 
Say whatever's on your heart. Just talk with him. Well, I'm mad at him. I'm sad at him. I'm, I'm so, so sad. Well, tell him. He wants to know. Share with him. Get close with him. And here's the last one, because I'm not going to keep you all day today. Uh, I wish I could, but that's all right. Number three is this, is that as we get planted in the church, you need to be planted in a church. I want you to notice that he was in the temple. And this statement about getting planted in the church, as much as you probably don't want to hear it, it's just so true. And can I just challenge you that it doesn't have to be this church like, hey, I know this church is just for some people, and for some of you, the music's too loud or whatever. You know, like, that's all right. But get planted in a church somewhere. That's our heart. There's, so, there's many great churches in this area that I could recommend you to. But you just need to be planted. And not just finding a church and just attending every once in a while. I'm talking about devoting yourself to it. Devoting yourself. Dive in. And can I tell you that today just happens to be the one Sunday a month that we have this class called Real Purpose. That is the class that helps you dive in to the mission, vision, and values of this church. In fact, the best way to get connected in this church is to go through that class. And we'd love to have you after church, like Mike and Chris said. We have free food. We're serving you Kilby's Barbecue today. So... Uh, we, we'd love for you to get planted in this church. And I would even just challenge you this. Maybe you're, you're, just, you're just kicking the tires a little bit. Can, can I tell you? Give it a year. Let me tell you this. It won't take that long. Some of you, you are testaments to that. You came for a couple months and a couple, a couple Sundays, and you're like, it didn't take that long. But give it a year. Put it to the test. Participate. Go all in. Go, go to the conferences. Get in a group. Can I tell you? You, you can do it. Just, just it, it, If it's out there, Go and do it. I promise you, a year from now, you'll come back and you'll say, man, my life isn't anywhere close to where it was. God was speaking to me the entire time. I just want to close with this scripture, Psalm 92. It says this, my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the route of my wicked foes. And the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Guess what? They'll grow like a cedar in Lebanon, when they're planted in the house of the Lord, they'll flourish. I want you to flourish. That's my heart for you. I would love for you to flourish. Can I tell you that Samuel heard from God because he was in the house of God, everybody. He heard from God in the house of God. Well, Noah, what are you saying? Can I just challenge you that God will speak to you in the house of God? He'll speak to you in, in the real purpose class. He'll speak to you in a small group. And all of a sudden, God will begin directing your life in ways that you've never dreamed of. And I just want to use this opportunity just to say, you need to just pour yourself all in. Like whatever's holding you back, pour yourself all in. And in fact, I just started thinking about my life and, and thinking about, like, like, get this. Can I tell you that every good thing in my life has happened because of church, everybody? <laughs> like, like, every great thing. Can I tell you that I got saved in church? I got baptized in church. I got in a small group and got mentored and discipled in church. I was called into ministry. Guess what, everybody? In church. Like, like, like even let me get you, give you this one. I met my girlfriend, Emily. And guess what? In church, every good thing has come 
from church. And I know that's, that's great. And I would, I would just love for you, I would just challenge you to dive all in, to give it a chance and see. Watch God speak to you as you are planted in the house of the Lord. Watch what will happen. So Pastor Noah, what's the moral of the story here? What's, what, how can I wrap this up? Well, let me just say this as I wrap up. Maybe God is speaking to you. Maybe God is just speaking in general. And you just have to be and have the right environment. Maybe he's speaking, but you just need to put yourself in the right environment. In fact, last thing here, I'd say this. is If you want the right fruit, you've got to get in the right environment. Can I tell you, bananas don't grow in Alaska, everybody. <laughs> hey, I don't know where they grow, but they don't grow in Alaska. So uh, you've got to get planted in the right environment. And can I tell you that God is speaking. When we read his word, when we worship, and when we plant ourselves in a church and come back in a year from now and see what God will do. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? All over this place, some of you in here, you need to first, before you can hear God speak, you need to give your life to Jesus. In order to hear God speak, you have to have his Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, the Bible says that when we give our hearts to the Lord, that he gives us his Holy Spirit, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives, can live in you. And it all starts with giving your heart to him. All that is is just praying a simple prayer and meaning it in your heart. And can I tell you that that spirit will live inside of you. And yeah, you're not going to change right away. And I'm, I'm not promising that, that your life is just drastically going to change from today. But can I tell you that you are starting a bigger process. You're starting something so much bigger. So we believe in it so much that the whole entire church, we're going we're gonna to pray this prayer with you. And we're just going to believe it with you. But if you are in here today and you say, you know what, Noah? I want to give my life to Christ today. Today is my day. I'm stepping across the line. I want that power. I want that Holy Spirit power to live in me. If that's you, we're not going to ask you to come to the front. We're not going to ask you to do any weird thing like that. I would just love for you just to raise your hand, just so I know who we're praying with. If that's you, you say, I want to give my heart to Jesus on the count of three. Would you just lift your hand? Are you ready? One two, three. Would you lift your hand all over this room? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Church, because we believe in this prayer, let's all pray this together. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Thank you for being with me. In Jesus' name, everybody said.